We are starting a new message series this morning, Rattle, what God does to bring new life and healing in our lives. When, our, when we feel um, just, sorry, I forgot some of my stuff over here. Um, what we do in our life, how many of us feel in our lives when our lives are just sort of dried up and don't have a lot of meaning. Um, I was going to start this message in about 10 different ways, but this we're just going to go for it this morning. Today we're going to look at the story of a man named Ezekiel. Can everybody say Ezekiel? Ezekiel. We're going to look at a man in the, book, in the Bible um, whose name is Ezekiel. As a young boy, Ezekiel had one desire in his heart. One desire. He wanted to be a priest. A priest in Israel. Now this is a really, really big deal, right? You train for years to become a priest in Israel. For years and years and years you're going to train. You are given all these opportunities in your life to, to be set up ready for this prestigious and important job in the kingdom of Israel. Israel is this kingdom, these people that God set in this special land, this very special place um, in and, and Ezekiel's job was to help lead them closer to God and what God's goodness could do for them in the land. So since Ezekiel was a little boy, he knew he was going to be a priest in Israel. And then, after training for years and years and years, his heart's desire is spending every single moment of his life chasing after this dream God has put in his heart and his life. He spends years chasing after it. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in Israel and this, these people called the Babylonians, they're in a different country. They're this mean army in this country that's just absolutely wicked and cruel to other people, have barged into Israel They've gathered all of these people up. They've put them in this long chain, this long line of chains, and they marched them out of Israel and into Babylon to be slaves in Babylon. Guess who is in this chain, in this line of slaves marching out of the land where he was going to be a priest and live out his dream job, and he's headed to Babylon, this land of cruel people where his job is not the place of his, of his heart's desire is not there. Guess who's in that long line of people? Ezekiel. And he finds himself after training for years and years and years for the job that he knows God has asked him to do. He finds himself walking from Israel to Babylon as a slave to work a job he don't like, in a place he don't like, with people he don't like, eating food he doesn't like. He does not like it and does not want to be there. Anybody experience that in your life? Living out your heart's desire. Everything is going the way it's supposed to and something barges into your life and drags you out of the promised land and puts you in a place where you're doing something you don't want to do with a bunch of people you don't want to be around. Anybody ever had that kind of experience in their lives? Anybody had that kind of experience? Can you relate to Ezekiel and his story this morning on his 30th? birthday. 
hundreds, thousands of miles from the country where he was supposed to be celebrating his very first day of becoming a priest after training for years and years and years and doing everything in his life to get to this point. On his 30th birthday, he's a slave in Babylon, watering crops and taking care of people that he don't like in a place he don't like. And he's sitting on the wall at the end of a really hard work day, a day that, that before this, just a few years before this, his 30th birthday, it was supposed to be a day where there's a party and a celebration and everybody in Israel is excited because Ezekiel is going to be a priest and Ezekiel is held up and excited. This is what this day is supposed to be like, but instead on his 30th birthday, he's sitting on the wall of a nasty irrigation canal looking out at water that's going to feed the crops and bless the crops in a land he doesn't want to be on. He's sitting there on that irrigation wall on his 30th birthday praying, God, do something. Get me out of this place. I can't live like this anymore, God. And he's quiet for just a moment, takes a good deep breath, and he begins to see this vision when he closes his eyes. And it's weird to start with. He can't make sense of it. It's all these animals and all this like light and all these weird things going on. And he's like, I don't understand what this is. And God's like, just be quiet and breathe and pray. Be silent and still in this place you don't want to be in. He sits there for a few more minutes and he just, he keeps his eyes closed and he keeps praying, God, show me what you're going to do in my life and for these people that I love in this land where we don't want to be, God. This is not how it's supposed to be. Show me. Show me. And it becomes clear that he's seeing the Ark of the Covenant. For those of you that don't know, the Ark of the Covenant is in one place at this point in time. It's back in Israel in a temple where you worship God. It's, it's this golden, amazing monument. It's where God lives, where God dwells. They say that's where God's glory is. Everybody in, in, in all the land said that's where God is in that temple in Israel. And this place has come alive in Ezekiel's vision and God is super clear with Ezekiel. He says this, this is my glory that you're seeing, Ezekiel. You're seeing my glory, Ezekiel, right here right now in this land where you didn't think I could come Babylon this wicked place I'm here I'm here with you and with the people of Israel Ezekiel my glory and goodness is in the middle of this irrigation canal on the worst day of your life I'm here with you Ezekiel I am here with you God's glory is right here with you. There's somebody in this place right now who might as well be sitting on an irrigation canal in the worst day of your life. And I want you to hear this, because God's glory wasn't just for Ezekiel thousands of years ago. God's glory is for you, and it's right here, right now, right where you are, and God's purpose and goodness is going to come alive in you, even if it's not exactly the way you dreamed. God's glory is right here, right now. On my 30th birthday, 
I sat in Tampa, Florida, my very first day in this place. I moved from Nashville, Tennessee on June 18th, and I woke up on June 19th, my 30th birthday, right here in Tampa, Florida. I was called here by God, me and my family, my husband Chris and I, to start a new church here in Tampa, Florida, a church that would proclaim that those of us who've been walking through some pretty terrible and ugly days, God has a new day for us in a community that needs to know there's a God who works in a new way and it's not just about your job or your perfect school or your perfect grades or your perfect parenting skills or your perfect outfit or your perfect car, your perfect house or all the perfect things. That's not what life is about. It's about the new day God wants to have for you and your life that's full of hope and healing and wholeness. God was really clear. Move to Tampa and start a church that proclaims that in the world. And on my 30th birthday, we move here to do just that. Two and a half years after God gave us this vision to start a new church, these seats that you're sitting in right now were filled with 125 adults. We're growing. Things are going amazing for our church. We're, we're on the track to be a successful and thriving new church. There's 50 or 60 kids romping around in the Horizon Kids ministry. March 2020, that first Sunday, I remember sitting right there. Chris was preaching right here. And I remember being like, thank you, God, for, for my heart's desire. And the next Friday, we canceled worship. And I, there's nothing short of it felt like I was leaving a dream, walking out of the place where I was thriving where my heart's desire was, and I was headed into a strange land full of strange things, preaching to a camera, doing virtual worship. People who I loved could no longer gather in, per in person in these seats. We couldn't even meet in this school. For weeks and months, we would meet virtually online, and then we'd meet in a field in the middle of South Tampa in the freezing cold. Yes, in Florida, it gets cold, and every single Sunday in January and February, it was below 50 degrees. And we all sat on a field, and it felt like I was a stranger in this land that I had no idea what to do with. No one in seminary, when you're sitting in school to graduate school to become a pastor, no one says you're going to stand on a pallet stage and proclaim God's goodness in the middle of a field in a, with dilapidated buildings surrounding you. And we literally were. Like, no one tells you that. I would have never signed up for that. I would have never signed up for that. And I sat there, and it has become so clear to me this week, that God's glory wasn't back there in March of 2020. God's glory is right here, right now. In April of 2022, we have a picture, I think, two young women took food from, uh, from Impa Mamas and fed hospital workers who were working in a strange land. They had no idea what they were doing. They have all this stuff covered up. They have no idea what this COVID-19 might do to them. And they walk in with meals to feed them, meals that you all in these seats paid for for hospital workers. God's glory is right here in this strange land among these strange people God's called to live out God's dream. God's glory is here. 
A guy quit his full-time job, started working part-time, and Sean Brown feeds folks at the Gandy Civic Center because there are so many people who fell on hard times in the middle of COVID-19, and people in these very seats have changed the way you work and the way you live your life to make sure everybody in our community has food to eat. God's glory is right here in this strange land, in this strange place. Our second birthday, our first birthday, this room was filled with people. We did yoga in the gym. We ate empamamas. Like, life was amazing here for our first birthday. It was so exciting. And our second birthday, we spent on a parking lot in an old church, closed down church. But you know what? God's glory was right here. People were baptized. New people came to know Jesus People who had been disconnected from the church for years were finding hope and healing, light and change. Because you know what? God's glory isn't back there in March of 2020. God's glory is right here, right now. There are some of you this morning, there are some of you this morning who think that God's glory was back there. Sorry, that's a little weird. But some of y'all are hanging on to things that look like this. Back when you had no financial trouble and everything was perfect in your life. Back when your marriage was amazing and there was no, that's like a femur bone there, no trouble, right? Everything was great. What is these, what are these bones in your own life? When life was perfect, before you had an addiction to cover up all your feelings, before, before you had a job you didn't like, back when life was perfect, what are these dry bones in your life? What are they? For me, it was March of 2020 when this church looked exactly like I wanted it to. Exactly like I wanted it to. What are these things in your life? Back when, back when you didn't have financial trouble or marriage trouble, back before you drank too much wine before bed at night, back... What, what were those moments in your own life? What are these dry bones for you? After Ezekiel is given this vision of God's glory being right here, right now, I want you to read about what God does. The hand of the Lord was on Ezekiel, and he brought Ezekiel out by the Spirit of God, by Spirit, and he set him out in the middle of a valley, and it was full of of bones. Anybody got some bones you can throw up here? How your life was perfect before this moment that you find yourself sitting in this seat, back before grief was a part of your life? What are these dry bones for you? He led me back and forth. God led Ezekiel back and forth among these bones, and he saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. These aren't even real bones. They're like styrofoam bones here. And he asked me, He asked me, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what God says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, tendons so you can run a mighty race. 
I'm going to make flesh come upon you so people will know you are real and authentic and good. I'm going to cover you with skin. I'm going to put breath in you. Take a good, deep breath. God, put that breath in you and you, you will come to life. Then, then you will know that I am Lord. So I prophesied, Ezekiel said, as I was commanded. And I was prophesying and there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there wasn't any breath in them. And he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy Ezekiel and say to it, this is what God says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. These bones, these bones that have experienced way too much pain and grief, way too much pain and grief, that they may live. So I prophesied, Ezekiel said, as God commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. And he said to me, Ezekiel, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, we're cut off. Prophesy. Ezekiel, say to them, this is what God says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. Those things you've hid deep down in your life and you think can never, ever come alive again, I'm going to open up those graves, God says. Those things that are covered up with your words like, this is just the way the world is. People are jaded. People can't fall through or do what they're supposed to. I'm going to open up those graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back. I'm going to bring you back to the land of Israel. And then, and then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you. You're tired of everything else in your life? Is it not working for you? God says, I'm going to put my spirit in you. And you will live. And I'm going to settle in your land, your own land, right where you are. My glory is going to be right here, right now. And you will know, you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. This morning, there's only four things that I want you to remember. God opens God's glory opens graves. God's. God's. God. Everything else that you think is going to bring you life, that's going to put you on the right path, that's going to give all these things to you, it's not going to work. It is dry bones. Throw it in the valley. Throw it in the valley. What is it that you think is going to bring you life? God alone can do it. God alone, what is it that you're chasing after this morning? God alone, God alone opens up graves. God's glory, not your hard work, not your brain, not your heart, 
not anything about you. And, and, and that's not to take away from your accomplishments. That's to set you free. Because when you fail going after what it is God's asked you to do, it doesn't matter because it's about God's glory. And in the midst of the failure, you're going to give God glory. In the midst of the success, you're going to give God glory. It frees you up to come alive in a whole new way when you're not worried about yourself getting the credit and you're just worrying about God getting the credit. When you're not worried about, hey, what if people look at this and say, hey, what are you going to do with that about God failing? Guess what? God's big enough. God can handle it. It doesn't matter what other people think about if it's God failing. That's not your job. God's got it. It's not your job to go after and create, make something amazing and new where everybody's like, oh, look how smart they are. No, that's, what is it, what is God asking you to do? What new thing does God want to bring in your life where everybody around you points at it and says, only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. That's our responsibility. God's glory is our responsibility and it opens. It opens. I loved that there were a bunch of dry bones in the valley the air was drying them out. The sun was drying them out. These things were breathing. These things were breathing. What are those dry bones that need to be opened up and shown to the people around you? Who do you need to be honest and vulnerable with? These are some dry bones in my life. Who can you be honest and open with? God's glory opens. You've got to be open to somebody around you about the dry bones in your life. Open, open it up and be honest about these dry bones. Tell somebody you're hurting. Be honest with the people around you. Tell somebody, I've got this dream for God to do these amazing and wonderful things in my life. Open up to the people around you because God's glory opens. It opens us. God's glory opens graves. What have you buried? Deep down inside of your heart and your life and your brain and you don't let anybody see it because there's no way God could bring new life to that. My hope is cut off. I have no more of it. I, 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 I feel abandoned and by myself in this far away strange land and there's no way God can make that come alive. God's glory opens graves. Open it up enough that God's breath can breathe on those dry bones in your life and give them new life. Spirit and flesh, tendons and skin. And when those bones are walking around with new life, may everybody in the city of Tampa who expects all kinds of gimmicks and other things to give them new life, may everybody in Tampa point, point at that new life walking around right in front of you and may they say, God did it. God did it. Isn't that the kind of people? Isn't that the kind of people we want to be? People who let God's glory open graves. Ezekiel didn't get to be a priest. He was called to be a prophet. Let me tell you, no one wakes up in the morning and says, I want to be a prophet. 
I hope God trains me to be a prophet. Nobody says that. Read the Bible. No one asks to be a prophet. Nobody wakes up in the morning excited about it. In fact, most people spend a lot of their lives and energy running away from being a prophet. A prophet tells God's, God's truth, God's glory, and God's goodness to people right here and right now. And most of the time, people don't want to hear what prophets have to say. They say something about a vision of God's future. They point out the way that the evil that is at work in the lives and in the world, it, it's not going to work for us in the future. And I've spent every day of my life praying for two years, don't make me a prophet, God. Please just let me be a pastor of a thriving new church start. I don't want to be a prophet. But God's been clear in this last few months. I'm a prophet. There are things that are drying the bones up in your life. And you know it. You know what, I'm just, I'm just pointing it out to you right now. There are things in my own life that I've let dry up. I, I just told you, I don't, I don't want to be a prophet. I want to I be a pastor of a thriving new church start. And we are thriving. God's glory is here right now. It doesn't look like we thought it would. But God is, as we let all of these things that have dried our bones up, that weren't working for us anyway, as we let those things go, quit holding on to them so tight. Who wants to carry some of that mess we had in March of 2020 into the next future season of our life anyway? Nobody. Working 20 hours a day, working 80 hours a week, who wants to carry that mess into the future? You've got kids and family and friends who want to see you and love you. God wants you to be freed up to live your purpose in the world. What are those things in your life that have been drying you up. Don't take them into the future. And I'm going to tell you, as your pastor, I am dreaming about, envisioning of a day that's even hard for me to say right now, but when we're not just setting up and tearing down at Wilson, but that there is some space in this community where everybody points and they're like, that's the place where God's transformation happens. Seven days a week, not for one hour on Sunday, not for a few hours out in the community, but seven days a week, God is, is taking dry bones and putting new life in them. The dry bones of our community and putting new life in them. And you all, every person in these seats are a part of that dream coming alive. You've got to live out your purpose seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You've got to resist the things in your life that are drying up your bones. You've got to open up. You've got to open up to what it is God wants to do with us in this church, with our lives. And we have got to pray earnestly and desperately God, do what only you can do. Bring new life to these dry bones. And we're not going to say Erica did it. We're not going to say Horizon did it. We're not going to say our board chair did it. We're not going to say any of that. We're going to say God did it. Look at this new life. God did it. There is a world desperate, desperate, for the new life God wants to create in you and through you. And I can't wait for the day when it looks like there's a whole army of new life taking over this community. And I can't wait to see your faces as part of that work. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you 
so much for each and every person in here. I thank you, God, that you're a God where we can bring our grief and our shame and our pain, that we can bring our, our, just our own issues and heaviness and terrible stuff, God, that we can bring it here and we can open up and lay it down in a valley and you dry all that mess off and promise to create new life in us and through us. I pray, God, for the people here who need to experience new life. May they hear the rattling in their lives of you giving new life to their dry bones. May the students at Cher Monte Elementary School, may the people who visit the Gandhi Civic Center, may the people who come to, to small groups, may the people who join in here for worship every Sunday or online, God, may they hear your rattle of new life. We are open to you, God. Let your glory open up the graves in our lives. And let us proclaim proudly, God, that you did it. Amen.